with all of this experience, you you have visibility into what's worked over the years from a local marketing perspective. You're driving traffic into the salon or you're trying to drive leads for for your mortgage business or you know, you're trying to drive foot traffic into the restaurants. What do you think is the most important aspect of local marketing? Well, What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Local Marketing Lab, where you get real-world insights from industry pros to help you drive local revenue and local growth. This podcast is brought to you by Evocalize, digital marketing tools powered by local data that automatically work where and when your locations need it most. Learn more at evocalize.com. What's up, and welcome to the Local Marketing Lab. Joining us in the lab today is a guest with over 22 years working across restaurant, franchise, real estate, and mortgage. He was named top mortgage broker at the age of 19 and has since learned basically every component of business across every industry. He loves the Colorado outdoors, eating ice cream with his family, and watching the latest Marvel movies. He's the VP and Chief of Staff at Area 15 Ventures and the Chief Technology Officer for Port of Subs and Daddy's Chicken Shack, Tony Adams. Thanks for joining us in the lab, my friend. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. You bet. Hey, this was this was a really exciting opportunity. Not only did we recently start working together, but I just loved digging into your background and just seeing all the like myriad experience you had. First off, just want to start with saying you're a you're a combat vet. Yeah. And you and you currently um, volunteer as like an emergency room as like volunteer, I guess if something goes wrong, they've got you as an extra pair of hands on staff. Yeah, well, so the uh, the emergency room volunteering, a uh, little bit of a past experience, but uh, but yeah, something cool. something kind of in my uh, my uh, wheelhouse that uh, used to do. So before deploying to Afghanistan, received my EMT just as a uh, so I could be a second pair of hands in any of our missions. And so actually, a oh. lot of times I ended up being the combat medic on a lot of patrols and and missions and ambushes and you know you name it. That is crazy. Well, let's start by saying thank you for your service. Yeah, thanks, Genuinely, man. appreciate it. You bet. Hey, um, so it looks like your background is kind of like mine. So I, my path is just crazy. Like I started off as an electrician right out of high school, you know, and I worked as, you know, an installation tech for a couple of companies and worked my way after school into being a tax accountant. And now I'm me leading a marketing team like it's been a wild path and i've done it across many industries just like you um the really cool thing that that i thought stuck out about your background is that you did have experience in many facets of business in many different industries and just knowing what i bring to the picture with that experience i see a ton of value in what you can bring from one industry to the next because it's no longer thinking within a, an echo chamber, you're, a, you're able to bring solid experience from, from external into the space that you're currently working. Oh, hundred percent. Like, um, you know, I was a executive at Remax world headquarters and at the time had owned a hair salon, which 
Yeah. You know, you think like real estate and like women's hair coloring, like, like what's the commonality here. Right. And, um, you know, really it's actually, you. yeah. Well, you, when you, when you, when you really like bring it to the table, I mean, it's a local business, local markets, local customers, mm-hmm. and people have expectations of the experience that they receive. People have expectations about, you know, the product that they get, the service that they get. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I would walk into some meetings and people would just kind of almost roll their eyes a little bit because I go, well, well, we do this at the hair salon and, you know, it works really well. And they're going, well, it's not real estate. Well, no, it's actually customer service and it actually parallels across all industries. So, yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I guess we could start with you just giving a little bit in your background and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, goodness, I guess I'm kind of just an innately curious dude. Um, big time problem solver. Um, you know, Mm. sometimes I have to take a, a step back. Sometimes if my wife comes home from work and has a dilemma or issue, you know, I have to ask, okay, do you want me to go into problem solving mode or do you want me to go into husband listening mode? Um, <laughs> just that, because I just, can... I, yeah, I just, I just always kind of default to the first one. So, um, but, um, but yeah, background wise, um, you know, was a kid grew up in a little farm town in Missouri with like 350 people. I'm an only child. So, Wow. used to fill my time with running around and doing stuff and being curious and getting into all kinds of trouble and, um, you know, moved to Colorado when I was 10. And, you know, that's really kind of, I think, what kind of kicked my wheels off on just not limiting myself to what I focused on and what things I got involved with. Um, my next door neighbor to my left was a master carpenter and my neighbor to, uh, the right was an auto mechanic. And so I was between each house every single day, either building something with wood or tinkering on an automobile. So yeah, super um, cool. Yeah. So like just, you know, really, really had this kind of mechanical, uh, curiosity and lots of cool experiences from there. And, also, when I was 10, my uncle owned a bicycle manufacturing plant that he put me to work, like hardcore, <laughs> like should not admit how many hours I worked as a kid, like <laughs> for this guy and built bicycles, you know, got into bike racing and, you know, met some cool guys, like met some Tour de France racers and got to like ride Moab with these guys and like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, so that was kind of me growing up a little bit and then, um, had some cool jobs when I was, uh, you know, I actually took a, took a stab at trying to go to college and engineering school at 18 and that just didn't pan out. Wasn't ready for it. Failed out of college miserably and, um, just immediately went back into the working world. Uh, Mm Um, some life happened and at 19 ended up getting hooked into mortgages and, Mm -hmm. um, learn the business as a punk kid mortgage broker and, (laughs) you know, would call clients and figured out really quickly how to build rapport and how to overcome being a 19 year old advising 40, 50, 60 year olds, what to do with their mortgage. 
So, yeah, um, yeah, not, not an easy task, not an easy task. And yeah, a lot of times I'd show up to meet the client for the first time and they'd go, wow, you're a punk kid. And I'm like, still the same guy, you know, that knows all this stuff. So, you know, you were listening to me before, so why don't you keep listening? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I could not imagine. I could, I mean, that would be a significant hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, as, as you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, really quickly, you know, the, the owner of the, the mortgage brokerage really just took me under his wing and mentored me really well and taught me how to speak with people. And really, you know, I, since then I'd always been in, in sales really, and really taught me how to have quality sales conversations that were educational and not pushy and not salesy right and so i think that's what a lot of people appreciated about the conversations i would have is because they were just open and honest and i wasn't afraid to to tell people that you know i just don't think that this is going to be the best choice for you to do anything or or this is the right time you know i was never really you know i was motivated by making money and motivated by you know commissions just like you know making a living that like most people Mm -hmm. are but I never let that come in front of telling someone that you need to wait or you need to even seek another, another option that I just don't have. So, Mm -hmm. um, never, never tried to push anybody into something that wasn't going to be quality and that they'd be happy with me with. Mm, Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. That, that experience for sure, uh, translates and like you said, it's in many different industries. It's just customer service. It's it's understanding command of message, knowing the pain point and what the customer is dealing with and being able to provide the right recommendation that's good for them and solves for what they need now as opposed to just trying to sell them on something yeah. just for the sale. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I've always struggled a little bit with that customer is always right you know, vernacular that everyone always mm. just repeats out of business school. Right. And at the end of the day, I mean, if the customer is really trying to push something and you know, it really in your heart that that is not what's right for them and then they will ultimately regret or be unhappy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that as a business person? You know, I think, I think it's only right to really kind of stick to your guns and say that, you know, I'm really doing this for you at the end of the day. And no, I'm sorry that that that's just not going to work out how you think it's going to work out, whether you think Mm -hmm. you're right or not. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, I have to live with this too. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to build a book of business, it'll quickly deteriorate if your customers are unhappy with the recommendations you're giving based on what they want. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to what you know they need. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so moving on, uh, um, mortgage meltdown hit. And, uh, so mm. a couple of years after getting in the mortgage business, I actually started my own mortgage company and that went, you know, extremely well until the day that I came into the office and I would say, of my wholesale lenders had sent some form of an email in a day saying that they Mm. had closed their doors and you know, your lending, your lending world, like, you know, your resources as a business owner, if they all just fly out the window in one second, it's like, what do you do? And so, um, 
decided to make some life choices at that moment when I was 25 and joined the army. And, uh, you know, something I had, I had wanted to do out of high school, but never, never had kind of the, the opportunity, I'll, you know, I'll put that in quotes, uh, yeah. to do, and then, uh, join the army and spent, um, you know, four and a half years in the service. Very cool. And then from there, you, I mean, you obviously, just from looking at your background, you, you led teams on tons of combat missions. And, and when you got out, you then took your experience from there and parlayed it into what? Well, um, you know, while, so as I mentioned, I was able to get my EMT before joining or not before joining the military, but before deploying and mm-hmm. had, had the opportunity to go through lots of different military schools before deploying as well. And so, I uh, originally mm-hmm. kind of went on that tr- career trajectory of wanting to become a, a medical professional, a, a doctor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, immediately, like, I think it was three weeks after I left the army, I ended up um, starting, uh, full time at university of Denver to get my, uh, bachelor of science. And so I actually double majored in biochem biology and minored in medical physics and went down this whole, whole rabbit hole of trying to become a doctor, but was just freaking horrible at standardized tests. And so, um, you know, standardized tests at the end of the day, nobody really told me this up front that they're like, you know, standardized tests are basically going to make or break you. And, um, kind of learned the hard way of like going through this huge, um, experience and doing, checking all the box, like literally all the boxes, except for being able to be good at taking a standardized test. Oh, so, I was gonna say, if you check all the boxes, you automatically get the answer wrong. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's yeah. probably where you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, oh, so, so anyway, the same way. Yeah. And so, you know, but also, uh, upon leaving the military, um, my, um, at that time, my world, my ex-wife and I, um, and wife at the time, we, uh, I helped her start a hair salon, like right out of the, right out of the gates of getting out of the military. And so also had that kind of running in the background as kind of a side gig side project. And, um, when the medical school field didn't really work out, we kind of doubled down on the hair salon for a couple of years. And that's when I really started kind of getting, you know, the business bug again. And then that's when I went back to school, got my executive MBA, uh, met the, uh, he was then the senior vice president of marketing for Remax, Adam Contos, you know, we're okay. business school buddies. And then, um, you know, a couple months into the program, he's like, yeah, you want to go uh, meet the founder of Remax, Dave Lineker? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And so go to lunch. Yeah, go to lunch, you know, we're chit-chatting and Dave's an Air Force vet, Adam's a Marine vet. You know, we're wow. just chatting military stuff for 45 minutes and, you know, mm-hmm. Dave just kind of leans over to him halfway through lunch and goes, "Hire him." I'm like, "Well, I didn't <laughs> know this was an interview." Like, like and so uh ended up uh, you know, getting pulled into Remax that way and uh spent a few years there and then uh started my own consultancy uh a couple years after being at Remax, and then uh, the guys, both Dave and Adam, have uh, kind of taken lesser roles at the company. Adam is no longer affiliated with Remax. Uh, Dave's still mm-hmm. the chairman, and uh, then they 
started this private equity company area 15 and said, Hey, Tony, we want, uh, want you to come back and, and, uh, help us out with a few things. And that had those few things have just continued to multiply and it's just been awesome. So here I am. Yeah, When you, when you get, when you find the right people, like he just said, hire them. It's like to do what it doesn't matter. We will find <laughs> something that you do really well, but you know, if you got the right person with the drive, with the motivation, it's like they're a fit. Then you can yeah. teach them, you know, into the world that you want them to to fill. That's super cool. Do you, yeah. so, so once you kind of, I guess now that you're at area 15 ventures, what's your role over there? Yeah. I mean, I, I have the opportunity to kind of step into a lot of different projects, um, you know, leading technology, port of subs, daddy's chicken shack on the restaurant side. And, um, you know, get to come in and out of a number of other things that we're working on and, you know, largely just kind of overseeing technology marketing and, um, whatever else may need to be done, you know, um, you know, it's kind of funny Remax, they used to on all job descriptions at the very bottom would put and other. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I think, I think the chief of staff kind of fills in the and other. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So, so you're in, you're in this CTO role, you're working with a portfolio of brands, Mm -hmm. trying to determine what technologies you put in place to not only benefit, um, you, your level, you know, at the portfolio level, but also you want to benefit, create, put tools in place that benefit franchisees and make it attractive for them to come over because they, they now know that they have the support of, of corporate, um, for their endeavors and, and to, to build in their market. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I think having prior businesses, I understand that business owner mindset and really what business owners have to deal with. And a lot of times what business owners have to deal with is unexpected during the day. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, empathize with the, the days completely gotten away from me and the three things or five things that I wanted to accomplish today just never happened. And so, you know, I look at it from that perspective for tools and resources that we provide for our franchisees and what, what can we do for them so that they can focus on either putting out the fire or managing the employee or, trying to build their own brand and business, you know, I mean, all of our companies are independently owned and operated. And so, you know, these folks need support that they can rely on and not think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's so much, like you said, so much changes on day to day, like someone calls in sick, two people call in sick, you know, it's just like so many things that you have to now pick up and handle the list of things that you had planned on doing, it just never, you never get to it. I, I see that in my role. Sure. And it's just like, oh man, I'm constantly trying to find new tools and technology to help streamline or scale what it is that we do so that I could free up time to get done the the things that I know need to get done as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm real big on trying to automate tasks and work, you know, even if it spends a little bit of time kind of setting up whatever that process might be uh just so that i don't have to think about it or even do it 
later on in the day, week, month, year, whatever, you know, you name it. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned, I guess, with with all of your, your background in different areas, you've mentioned real estate, you mentioned the, the salon, um, you've got the businesses that you're running now in the restaurant space, like with all of this experience, you, you have visibility into what's worked over the years from a local marketing perspective. You're driving traffic into the salon or you're trying to drive leads for, for your mortgage business or you know, you're trying to drive foot traffic into the restaurants. What do you think is the most important aspect of local marketing? Well, um, I'll, I guess I'll tell a quick story first and then I'll get into mm-hmm. that. So the, the first location that we opened for a hair salon, <laughs> really funny because it was actually our house. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so how do you get people to show up to your house? Like what actually ended up yeah. happening is we had, we would have people show up night and day. And this is when we knew that we needed to get, get a commercial spot because it was like the doorbell would ring and people wanting a haircut. And it's like, no, we're having dinner. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> um, but you know, it, so it's like, how do you, you know, so with marketing and just in general and local marketing, it's like, so how do you get found? How do you get people to come and visit you? And so kind of learned early on a little bit of that, uh, formula. And, uh, I'll, I'll talk outside of the house on our first location. Like, if you tried to find our first location, like good luck, like it could, it might as well have been like buried under a rock, like behind a building, like out back somewhere. And like, you know, God, you, you know, you couldn't see the sign, you couldn't see anything. And Uh so, um, you know, largely with our local marketing, I mean, you know, we started, you know, big time with our web presence, our social media presence, our local listing presence, and really just getting on point and making sure that we were highly visible in uh, every possible way where people could be looking. And so that really um, helped us to magnify, you know, our online presence where people could find us and could see us so that we would at least have the opportunity to start a conversation of how to get Mm. there. (laughs) Right. And, 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 you know, really, I mean, you know, we got, we got really good at connecting things, you know, I mean, I think where a lot of businesses today, you know, they struggle to kind of manage all these different platforms, all the, the, you know, you got the Facebook and social media and then your Google business listing and your website and then your Yelp page and, you know, you've got mm-hmm. all these different things that people are trying to attack, but they're kind of attacking them one by one. And so they really don't have this strategy on how to combine all of it together in one big package and really, um, really transfer the data and transfer uh, all of the insights between everything together into one place to kind of look at and manage, you know, and you know, that's just a time saver in itself. Yeah. hundred percent. When you have all these disparate platforms, it, it just takes so much time. It's just the time to learn them all, to do them all and to do them all efficiently. I mean, it just takes a ton of time. Um, and so you, so you lean more into finding technology to help you streamline this process, 
bring everything to one place. Um, and then more specifically, you think, I guess from what I'm hearing, it's it's managing your online presence in a play, in a way that people can find you. Yeah. And I think it's also really, really taking a hard look at what your customer's journey truly looks like. Mm -hmm. And so at Remax kind of learn this, you know, uh, real estate, you, especially with the successful real estate agents, you always hear that, uh, all my business is by referral. You know, I don't have to do a lot of marketing, you know, that kind of thing. And a lot of agents, they don't understand that, well, yes, someone may be giving you a strong recommendation, but I look at it like, even when I get a strong recommendation to a great restaurant that I like, what's the first thing that I do? I go, oh, cool. Thanks for telling me about that. And then I go and I look it up online to see some food photos, some reviews, you know, get a little bit of a background before I make that final decision to pull the trigger. And so where a lot of a lot of folks think that that customer journey is just literally from A to B. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of A, B, C, D, E, F. You know, before they finally you know make that decision to reach out. And I think when you kind of understand what your customer journey truly looks like in today's age, where there is so much information about you and about your business on demand, uh, you start thinking a little bit differently about how you're going to hold their hand through that journey. And that's really what differentiates, I think, a successful business and a successful local marketing plan is when you are actually guiding your customer through their um, awareness journey, through their uh, journey of finding you and learning about you, versus just letting them piece together the pieces on their own. hundred percent. Do you have any examples that you can think of where you've helped guide someone through their customer journey to get them to the point where you want them to arrive? Sure. Well, you know, think about, think about someone, well, we, we happen to own a chicken sandwich franchise. So let's, let's talk chicken for a mm -hmm. minute. Um, so, you know, someone thinking about, lunch, you know, right now is about lunchtime. And so, you know, what are people doing right now? They're, they're Googling stuff about lunch or restaurants near me and things like that. And so, wow, you know, Googled this and saw daddy's chicken shack is uh, 0.7 miles away from my location. I'm going to check out their website. And, you know, they start looking at, at your website a little bit and then the phone rings and they got to put the phone down or they close the browser and then a couple hours later they're starving and they go, shoot, I can't remember the name of that restaurant. And then, you know, they go to the fridge and eat the ham sandwich that they pack for lunch. Right. And so uh -huh. how do you, you know, so a lot of journeys start like that. And unfortunately for a lot of businesses, a lot of journeys never continue for that business because that one single impression wasn't enough to cement a memory, an experience significant enough to become a customer. So you have to have tools in place, you know, like on your website, for instance, I love remarketing and I love remarketing pixels and retargeting because that customer that made it to the website, but didn't make it to your cash register, 
you as a business owner now have a way to re-engage that person later on. And, you know, when they're at home or when they're at work or when they're taking a moment to scroll through Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it, and remind them about you. And they go, oh, yeah, that was the that was a place and then have them find their way back and maybe get a little bit farther down the journey. And maybe it was even as far as adding a few things to a delivery order on your cart and then the phone ring or the baby cries or whatever again. Right. And so Mm -hmm. but now you get a little bit more information on this person and you remind them again that, hey, you added this this big daddy sandwich, you know, and you, you were almost ready to check out, but you didn't. So just want to remind you and say, Hey, we'd love you to try it and finally get them there. And so you have to realize that there's a lot of journeys like that for customers, that that's how that happens. You know, like they attempted to become a customer on that first, first time and had that interruption, not, not happen. You would have snagged them, but yeah, life's busy. Things happen pop-ups happen, text messages, you know, you get interrupted. And so you just have to be there, um, when they're, when they're ready to look and accept you. Uh, but a lot of times just, you know, people are already have already taken one step down that journey. It's a little step. You just have to have the mechanisms in place to be able to re-engage folks and just get them off, off the shelf. Yeah. That's, that's why I love, 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 love digital marketing. Cause it's like you said, like if you don't have digital pieces in place, it's like you're starting from square one every single time in hopes that the individual will get all the way through the journey. Yeah. And that's, that's not, I mean, it's ideal, but it's to, to be able to guide them all the way through, but that's not normal every day, you know, day to day, how things actually work. Um, so like you said, you capture as much information as you can continue to remarket to them and guide them further and further along. And eventually you'll get them into your doors and then you could retarget them and remarket to them in different ways and turn them into a loyal customer and, and keep them for life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you have some, a lot of, there's a lot of our listeners, they, they listen to the show to try to get insights as to what they could do, you know, today or this week to, to help turn things around if they're struggling to drive traffic or they're, their sales are low, like what are some suggestions or maybe even just one key suggestion that you might have for our listeners to help them turn things around and start, you know, uh, driving towards hitting their goals? I would take a hard look at your website. You know, I think that's probably my number one place to start with a business Mm -hmm. and just making sure that you've got some of your basics kind of lined up. So mention that, you know, I have a consultancy and, you know, I take clients occasionally and that's usually where I begin. And one of the first questions, and it, and it sounds crazy almost to ask because it's so simple and it's, you know, have you, have you submitted your website to Google? And yeah. you would be surprised. Like I I've worked with marketing, like big marketing firms even that have spent tens of thousands of dollars developing these grandiose websites and you ask, okay, has this been submitted to Google? And they go, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, huh? (laughs) And, and it's so easy. Like 
you know, there's a, there's a tool that Google gives everybody. It's called Google search console. And it's something that you can just simply create an account in. And that's where you submit your URL and you register your website with Google. And then the next question mm-hmm. I ask is, you know, have you submitted your website sitemap to Google? Because that is every, that should be every web page that your website hosts. You want to tell Google about it. You want to tell Google mm-hmm. about all those web pages. And that's like step two. And then, you know, if you have done that, you got Google Analytics, you know, is that set up? Because you need to start learning about your web traffic and how much you're getting and, how engaging your website is, you know, bounce rate, right? Like bounce rates, like super focal for me, because I want to know that the people who land on my website, are they using it? Are they engaging with my content? You know, do they think my stuff is spammy and boring or irrelevant, or are they spending some time on the website? Because Mm -hmm. then, you know, if they are spending time on the website, but they're not, converting into customers, then we're having a different conversation, you know? So, um, and I think again, because everything really at this day and age starts with some sort of, um, digital, uh, reference point, you know, Mm -hmm. in a lot of people's journey. So I think starting with your website is probably, probably my best, um, best piece of advice. No, it's very good. And I think with emphasis on start, don't let, don't let the thought of having all these things to do, you know, bog you down and and get in the way of you actually moving forward. Just get started, you know, Mm -hmm. do like you're saying, just log into Google search console, set up an account, you know, and then it's pretty easy just to poke around in there and, and index your, your site and just to see how pages are working and, you know, 15 minutes here or there can get Mm -hmm. you moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these things aren't massive tasks or, you know, massive amounts of labor. It's just checking some little boxes here and there and, uh, and getting moving with it. But, you know, a lot of it too, is just, you know, becoming aware of what your website's actually doing for you. And so many business Mm -hmm. owners that really are just clueless about it. Yeah, for sure. It's not, I mean, this isn't things that we, we typically learn about in school. And it's like, unless you've done it, you don't really know about it. So getting these tips from someone like you is, is incredible. Um, let me ask you this, Tony, who, who do you think is doing like their local marketing really well? Who would you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, one company that I like it, uh, we've really started to frequent a lot. So I've got some some kiddos and kind of a big kiddo myself. And that's uh crumble cookies. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, fantastic product. I think their, their whole brand image is amazing. I think, you know, the experience in stores, great. I think their apps, awesome. Mm-hmm. Websites, awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm a fan of the brand for sure. Oh, their brand is the vibrant colors, like the, the zoomed in, you know, just, high def shots of the cookies. It's, it all is really, really cool. They just, um, they just announced that they're, I think they launched another brand. It's called crustable or something like that. It's a pie. It's a pie, uh, concept. Yeah. I haven't, haven't seen it, but I, I I dig pies. (laughs) Oh yeah. 
there are two things in this world I can eat a lot of cookies yeah. and pies. Yeah. 100%. And ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream is <laughs> one of one of your go-tos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um well let me say this. Another uh another go-to of yours that that I found out while doing a little bit of digging is that you love Marvel movies. And so oh, yeah. when I I reached out and said, you know, what's your favorite character? And you you told me Iron Man and I thought, man, that's it's Marvel movies like they've come obviously they they started out really good with Iron Man, but they've they've come a long way in terms of just nowadays being able to bring to life the things that we grew up with. And I absolutely love Marvel movies as well. Yeah. So I figured, you know, how cool would it be to 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 show your four kiddos that, you know, you've got they've got a dad that also <laughs> has some high tech connections. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Tony Adams turned Tony Stark. <laughs> Man, you're going to have to send me that. That's awesome. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I'll send it to you. I, it's funny when when um, I was making this uh, image and then I pinged you and said, hey, who's your favorite character? I was working on a Thor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was also coming along pretty cool too. So anyways, I'll uh, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely get this over to you. Your, your kids will love it, I'm sure. Yeah, it's cool. I actually have a um, this uh, kind of hand-painted rendering a iron man at, on a painting in the house and yeah i don't i'm not 100 percent sure how my wife feels about it but it's been there since <laughs> uh since day one and i love it so yeah that's super cool i'm, I'm willing to guarantee your wife does not love it <laughs> yeah probably not that's hilarious I mean, I'm she, just, she, I'm she puts up same. with it yeah <laughs> that's right i'm also the same way with legos like I would put them on display in the house all over if I could, but my wife's yeah. like, ah, <laughs> not my style. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Tony, it was a ton of fun having you on the show. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, how can how can our uh, listeners follow you, follow your brand uh, online? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn uh, under Tony Adams, uh, also Area 15 Ventures. Um, boy, we're do always doing lots of great things and you know we continue to make posts and uh, post some of our uh, successes as well as our learnings and some of our podcasts that we publish as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah. You'll have to check out their podcast. I was just talking with Tony about that just, just before we uh, started recording here, but check it out for sure. Stop into Porta Subs, pick up a sandwich, stop into Daddy's Chicken. If, you, if you're nearby, Daddy's Chicken Shack pick up some chicken. These guys are doing great things. They're growing like gangbusters. Tons of brands in their portfolio. Check them out. Tony, again, thanks for joining us in the lab, my friend. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. As always, thanks for joining us in the local marketing lab. This podcast is brought to you by Evocalize. To learn how Evocalize can help you grow your business, visit evocalize.com. If you learned something new from today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Evocalize. That's E-V-O-C-A-L-I-Z-E. -E, and on X at Evocalize Inc. And remember, keep innovating and trying new things. You never know what's going to connect with your audience until you try. And until next time, thanks for listening.